All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. What a tremendous Tuesday afternoon. How are you? And welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Also coming to you live on Orders Nation YouTube. Check it out. Hit the subscribe button. Keep growing. Want to reach our goal in the uh, the next three weeks. And uh, we'll also be giving away some uh, tickets. See the orders. So if you subscribe, you could win. It's pretty easy. Hit the button. Gregor Show, as always, is presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where 100% of the revenue stays right here in the province. And uh, lately, and thankfully, they don't have it. There's there's no such thing as injury prop bets. But man, if there was, on Monday nighters, you'd probably look and say, hey, let's see uh, which big name player we can have get injured. Like, think about the last three Monday nights in NFL. Last night, Chubb goes down, season-ending injury. Last week, Aaron Rodgers goes down, season-ending injury. Then you revert all the way back to the final Monday nighter of last year. Denny Hamlin. Obviously, uh, very severe injury. So it hasn't been a good run on Monday nighters. Now, I guess you would say, well, hey, Gregor, Carolina and uh, New Orleans. But... There's still some banged up guys there too, Connor Halley. So it's been a it's been a rough Monday. Yeah, Shaq Thompson, Carolina Panthers linebacker, likely out for the year with a yep. fractured fibula. So yes. they didn't so escape it either. No, four games, four season-ending injuries, and obviously uh, some serious ones. So it's uh, I, I know if you play fantasy football, there's been a significant amount of injuries uh, for players early at the top of the draft board. It's just how it is. Now, do you have any update? We got text already coming in at 
833-401-1440. Hey, guys, I have Eckler in my league. Connor, please tell me he's playing this weekend. Uh, Still listed as questionable. So I don't know. It's the ankle, right? You never Mm -hmm. really know until he gets out there and starts to work on it. I would uh, keep him ready to go. Keep monitoring social media. Look for those. Uh, We'll give the updates, of course, here and on uh, Fantasy Frenzy earlier on in the day. But I'd be a little bit worried about it. It didn't look good when he came off. He's a tough guy. He doesn't like to go into that blue tent, and he did. He didn't even travel to Nashville for the Titans game. So I think you got to be cautious about that one. Nah. So what is good is our lineup today. As uh, we will be talking uh, lots of hockey, uh, lots of football. Uh, Stephen Ellis will join us. We're going to do a little fantasy hockey talk for you today. Sean Brown joins us as he ever does every Tuesday. Uh, the return of Dave McCarthy uh, every Tuesday at 3.20. Dave will be by. We will have uh, Struds on at uh, 4.20. Uh, Spec will be by DVD. So uh, lots of football and, and hockey tie. Hey, baseball, baby. The Jays will give you uh, updates. The Jays take it on the uh, Yankees and you know what? Uh, the Jays, now they're, they kind of control, well, they're not kind of, they do control their destiny. After a weekend where they swept all their games, the Rangers get swept, Seattle gets swept, and now the Jays are ahead of both of them. And obviously if Toronto wins out, they can't be caught. Now, I don't think anybody's winning out. I don't think anybody's going 12-0. and But like realistically, if you know if Toronto can go 8-4, and 7-5, for sure, got to go seven and five. I think they go eight and four. They're in a, a pretty good spot to uh, to make the postseason. And then once you're in, anything can happen. So uh, we will talk also a, a little uh, Jays for you uh, later on today. The uh, Edmonton orders tomorrow. They will have their uh, medicals. And you know, I was thinking about you know, you know, you look at the orders training camp, and I remember last year Jay Woodcroft telling me, you know what, training camp, that's where you can experiment on things. Now, keep in mind, and I know because it's the first day and there hasn't been any line combinations for months. I'm just going to say this because I went back and I, and, I, and, I, and I had my notes from last year's training camp. And I remember the, the line combinations. I was like, hmm, well, that was a little different. I didn't expect that. Now it's opening day of training camp. But you can try things. For a day or two, you don't need three weeks straight of saying, okay, we need McDavid and his two wingers to play right from day one. They got to be together every day in practice. That just doesn't work that way. So I wonder, because we saw it last year, minimally, do you think there's an appetite to try Dylan Holloway at center? I wonder. So then I was, you know, thinking of other potential because there's kind of like we know McDavid like sure they could try Nugent Hopkins at center I think they're going to want to keep him on the wing dry subtle McDavid are your top two centers you got Evander Kane on the left side you got Brown and Hyman on the right side although guys can switch if need be but you also have Warren Fogle he can play left or right Ryan McLeod can play left wing I think he's more of a center and then obviously the uh, the fourth line Derek Ryan can play right wing or center same with Brandon Sutter you throw in, uh, you know, Raphael Lavoie. Like, to me, of all the... F- when I look at who am I going to be paying closest attention to when camp starts and obviously into the preseason, Raphael Lavoie is right at the top of my list because I'm intrigued. We all know where he's at. The orders are only going to have 12 forwards due to the salary cap. They can't fit anymore. The only way it would be is if they have somebody with a significant cap hit and it would have to be one of their... Top five forwards. Well, even Fogel, I guess six. 
that would have to suddenly go on LTIR for them to have more than a 21-man roster. And obviously, I don't think any order fan wants that. And definitely the orders don't want that. So it looks like it'll be 12, 7, and 2 to start the season for Edmonton. And out of the 12 forwards, there's a lot of guys competing for jobs. Raphael Lavoie is one. You throw in Sutter and Ernie and Gagne and Kajula and Peterson. Don't even maybe count out Brad Malone. Maybe a long shot, but he played in the NHL last year. Coach knows him very well. So it's uh, at least there's some intrigue for, for one, maybe two spots. Because I remember a conversation early on. Ken Holland, when Jay Woodcroft got promoted in February of 2022, one thing Ken Holland told them was, don't worry about where guys are signed or caught. Just play the guys in the lineup that you think gives us the best chance to win. And I'll tell you, that's a, that is music to the ears of a coach. Because sometimes, you know, you wonder, well, geez, do I have to play this guy? They drafted him. Like there's, you know, their organization. When you draft someone, you feel a connection like, man, we have to, you know, we got to do well by this guy. We want our scouts to look good. We want to look good. So you give him extra time. I get the theory. It makes sense. But. At the same time, like this is a year the orders want to win. And so Jay Woodcroft goes into training camp and he will focus mainly on what can they do to be a good team. And I've said it before. I don't think you can just have playoff habits start in the playoffs. The Edmonton orders, if there's one thing they need to be better at for me is reducing the gift goals. Where you just, you have a big breakdown, boom, it's in the back of your net. Sometimes it's a forward, dangerous pass. Sometimes it's a defenseman. Sometimes it's a simple play of not boxing out when you should box. You know how to box out 99 times out of 100. And then this one you don't choose, boom, he hammers it home. Point shots that go right through the goalies. So that to me is something, and not so much in preseason, but early on in the regular season. Because remember last year, we talked about it on the show lots. They were Santa Claus, gifting goals left and right. The other thing is, I did a little deep dive on the Orders penalty kill. And man, the Orders penalty kill, the first 15 games last year. Oh. <laughs> now, the team itself wasn't playing great. They had some injuries up front, sure. But their their penalty kill was not very good early on. It actually was pretty good in the final 20 games. You had Ekholm and DeHarnay as a tandem. They were quite good. I, I thought they they became more predictable for their goalies to know where the shots were coming from. And they, they had a significant reduction in the amount of shots they gave up. All right, like the orders, how about this for some numbers? In the first 15 games last year, Jack Campbell, he had, he had uh, made nine starts in that time. Per 60... He was facing 66 shots per 60. That's like one over a minute average, which is really high for a power play. Right? Significantly high. By the end of the year, in the last 29 games, 30 games, the order's penalty kill, which was pretty good and actually much better when you consider how many shorthanded goals they scored. Like their net on their penalty kill was upwards of like 93%, which is really good. 
and they were, I think, 84% down the stretch in the last 20 games. But they had reduced the shots per 60 on their man advantage down to a reasonable number, low 50s. That That's kind of the norm. Campbell was above 66 in the first 15 games. So not only, and he wasn't making a lot of saves, let's be honest. Right? In his first eight starts on the penalty kill, Campbell, uh, oh, sorry, in his first 12, eight starts, he allowed 12 goals on the penalty kill alone. So you're not going to win many games when uh, when that happens, right? It's just, it's impossible. You can't do it. So um, we'll see. Hey, Gregor, just wonder if the short man roster is something the NHL will be looking at in the upcoming negotiation. There's obviously a max 23-man uh, roster, but teams like the owners trying to only use 12-7 is costing players jobs. Uh, interesting point. So you have guys, like the orders have more players, like they have 23 guys on one-way contracts. So I think that's where they'll get around and say, hey, we have 23 guys on NHL contracts, so even if they're in the minors, they're still getting paid. And when you have a salary cap, there's not much you can do, right? I Like, I, I don't know... What way you is to say, well, you have to be cap compliant and it has to be 23 players. Is that what you're going to say? Something tells me that's not a hill the PA would die on. Because then you might lock guys in and suddenly you might have a $3 million player who has to get sent to the minors so they can fit in two players at 1.5, for instance. I I don't see that happening. So I I think when the cap goes up, this, this won't be as much of an issue. Right, you got to remember that, like the cap has basically gone up in four years, like a million bucks a year. It's not a lot, so you know maybe it's only three. I have to double check that. So it is. Um, it's not. Uh, it's not an ideal scenario, but it's definitely one where I don't think they're going to go to to bat over that. Like when you look at some of the things the PA wants more, I don't think that's it. Now I'd have to look and see how many teams, because sometimes you have a guy on LTIR, right? And so, cause if, if you were going to bring up that, then the owners might say, Hey, wait a sec. You've got lots of guys on LTIR who are getting paid money who aren't playing. So now in some cases we'll have 24, or 25 men on the roster, right? Like think about it last year. I think there was, like over 900 players who played in the NHL. Like it was now I know lots of them are playing 5, 10 games whatever, but there's lots of guys. So I don't um I don't see that uh I don't see that happening. We'll take a, a quick break as I mentioned, uh, we got lots of hockey talk today on the show. We will also get to Colin Chalk, who is the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. He was running the bench at the uh, Young Stars Tournament, and an opportunity for him to get a little advanced scouting because he's going to have some young guys. Petrov's going to be there. He knows Tulio. He knows Borgo. So we'll talk to Colin just kind of about how it's how it's for him now because, of course, you know, he took over from Jay Woodcroft at the same time when Woodcroft came to Edmonton and just kind of breathing out of a, a, as McTavish would say, drinking water out of a fire hose for the first bit. And then last year, he was able to get more comfortable, kind of know what he wanted to do, and now he comes in this year. And... They're going to have a, a younger team in certain positions. All right, we'll talk about his thoughts on his goaltender. 
Olivier Rodrigue, who had a really good second half. And he was the guy who saw Raphael Laval every day. If there's one player in Bakersfield who I think is going to crack the lineup this year, it's Raphael Laval. What does this coach think are his best assets? We will find out next. It's the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. You can text us 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. We roll through Tuesday afternoon. Welcome back. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440, also live on Orders Nation YouTube. People fired up there. Lots of texts coming in as well at 833-401-1440, which is always uh, nice. Always good to hear from you. We'll get to uh, lots of your questions, uh, a few of them directed to our next guest. So we will uh, we will definitely uh, get to that uh, momentarily. But first, we're going to get to our AHL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home with no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter at LegacyHeating.ca. Our next guest is uh, getting ready to, uh, well, he's been on the ice a lot here uh, recently, of course, uh, coaching the uh, the young stars for the orders at the Penticton uh, tournament and, of course, is the head coach for the Bakersfield Condors. Colin Chalk joins us. Coach, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Excellent. Thanks for having me on. So, Colin, you know, you're down there, you're coaching the young guns, and a lot of them are guys that you're going to be coaching in, in Bakersfield. So, uh, you know, maybe you have a you know a little different eye when you watch that as other people because you're already looking and there's an opportunity for these guys to, to grab your attention but because it's players that you know, a lot of them, they just all come together. They haven't really practiced together. As a coach, what do you look for in those games differently than maybe you would in a regular season when you've got the same group and you've got some systems in place? Yeah, uh, you know, like you said, there's there's one day of preparation, right? And that before that one day, there's travel and there's uh, there's fitness testing and that kind of stuff. So it's a lot, but it's it's an equal playing field for every organization, right? So really we're we're focusing on on uh, on playing on the inside and finishing first and trying to have a high level of competition now there are a few players order fans are pretty excited about one being Raphael Lavoie and uh he, he recovered from injury for the first few months last season kind of took him a while to get up to speed and then the last four months he was probably your best player what did you like about the growth of his game once he was healthy compared to the previous year you know, um, you know. I think for everybody, right, and, and coaches, uh, uh, fans, everyone, be reminded. Or it took took him three years, right, or you know, two and a half years, really, to uh, to get to that point. Uh, he had uh, he had uh, a season to go. Uh, I think it was. It took him until uh, in San Diego until Christmas to score his first goal. Uh, and then he had a really, really good month, and unfortunately he got injured, which allowed him uh, to have a little bit of a save, a tougher summer, and then uh, missed training camp, right? Then he came back in November, and he had some ups and downs, but so it took some time, but, you know, it was uh, it was great work on his end. It was, it was uh, summers of getting bigger and stronger, but then also learning to play against men, uh, he always had a big shot. He was always someone who could score from distance, uh, but stop, stopping on pucks, taking pucks to the to the to the paint, uh, staying at the paint, uh, and just understanding uh, what it what it means to be a pro. So um, you know, he had a glimpse of it in year two. He got injured, and he was really, like you said, he was he was probably one of our most threatening players in the second half of the season last year in the American Hockey League. What was he doing well, Colin, that made him such a threat? He was taking. He was winning puck battles 
in the corners in the offensive zone. He was taking pucks to the net, uh, and he was fearless. He was uh, he was scoring uh, from distance. Uh, there was there was there was glimpses uh, when he wouldn't get shots on net for three or four games. He was getting shots on the net. Um, you know, game after game, he was doing it in different areas, whether they're around the paint or whether it was on the power play or whether it was off the rush. Uh, defensively, he was more mindful. He understood what he needed to do. He was better on the wall in the defensive zone. Uh, he was in better shape. He skated better. Uh, he could play with more pace and he could play as motor was able to run longer. So uh, there's all sorts of different things. And the last thing, all that comes with confidence, right? So it's it's going through some some ups and downs and uh, being able to draw on those experiences. Colin Chalk joins us, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. And Colin, as his coach, would you have a conversation with him at all before he comes to training camp? Because he's talked openly like he feels he's ready to make the NHL club, which is a great attitude. He should have that attitude. Do you have a conversation with him or is that just kind of a separate thing? Yeah, we, you know, I mean, I, I, I've been able to coach for us now, right? And and, and uh, really, really build a personal relationship with them. And, you know, we actually had a, a couple calls over the summer, but it was more, uh, one of them was I, after development camp, I called them and I said, hey, you know, we had, uh, we had some clips of, uh, of you for a development camp, uh, mm-hmm. uh, showing some, uh, you doing some good things and playing well on the wall and, and taking pucks to the net kind of had a good chuckle that you know uh, that wouldn't have been him uh you know a few early, uh, years earlier so that that was me saying uh, to him that uh, he's showing good examples and able to show that to the players uh, that are either entry point into the organization or uh or players that are, are still going through that development camp on their entry level contract so um you know it was loose uh it was it was not uh anything about american hockey league it was about him having a good camp and just seeing how his how his mindset was um but you know his focus is coming in and and trying to do what he can to push for a job with the Oilers Xavier Borgo uh last year 13 goals 34 points as a rookie basically a half a point a game I know points are just one element of a player's game but when you're a high draft pick and you've always been a scorer that's something that they definitely uh, evaluate themselves on Colin how did his season go as a progression and you know what were some of the things you mentioned to Xavier at the end of the year that you felt like these are should be your focal points to work on so when you come to camp next year you'll be improved you know, Xavier was an interesting first year, right? It's just the, the language barrier, uh, you know, moving from a small town to, uh, you know, to a new country and California and the travel and all those. So there's all these things as far as uh, off the ice that, that he had to adapt to. Um, he had a really good start. Uh, and then it sort of came into the uh, the second half of the season when things got harder, tighter checking happened. Um, you know, the veteran players uh, are playing for their contract, and uh, it was just a great experience for him to go through. So, um, you know, what was told to him is that uh, he can play with a little bit more risk, uh, but that comes with confidence. Um, he's got to get stronger. He's got to get bigger. Uh, he's got quick, dynamic skating. He has a great shot. Um, you know, just kind of building, uh, building that confidence and that strength. 
and being able to now understand what he's going to expect when he comes to NHL training camp, what he's going to expect if he's in the American Hockey League, and just that uh, that that confidence and that uh, uh, that sense of being comfortable, but also being hungry and still wanting more. Colin Chalk joins us, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, two other guys, Connor, that fit into uh, Colin that fit into that category that you had as rookies last year in Savoy and Tulio. Can you kind of give me the, the same breakdown of their strengths and, and what you were hoping that they would focus on improvement this offseason? Carter, the biggest one was just his, his health and fitness. Um, you know, he was injured, uh, I believe, three times and then uh, not able to uh, to stay healthy and then also just making sure that his fitness level is is at a uh, an area that he can do the things that his mind is telling him to do. So he's a one-shot guy. He's got a great release. Uh, he can shoot off a really hard pass. He can shoot off a rebound. He can score in different ways. But uh, the, the biggest focus for Carter was that health and fitness over the summer. He was, did a fantastic job. His commitment with the staff, uh, with the Oilers, uh, uh, as far as uh, uh, selection of food, portions, training regimen, all that kind of stuff. A big improvement in the fitness testing. And I think the most important part is we saw that on the ice in Penticton. So that that was exciting that he had some separation speed. Uh, he had points in, the, in each game. And, you know, he, he definitely is going to help his confidence. Uh, for uh, Ty Tulio, you know, his grit and his will is something that uh, earned him a uh, extensive playing time uh, in Bakersfield. Um, for him, just getting stronger uh, on his core strength, uh, trying to you know be able to uh, protect the puck a little bit better, stay on his feet in battles, um, not get pushed off uh, the puck from older players, which is which takes time and it's hard to do. But then also, uh, um, he has some good poise and he has some good patience and just understanding when he has that time and space to make a play. Uh, to be offensive because he's had some big numbers in junior and we saw glimpses of that uh, last year in the American Hockey League as well. Your first opportunity uh, will be this year to coach Matt Vay Petrov. Uh, he's turning pro. Ken Holland uh, said that uh, over the weekend. He wants to go to the American League. He's had back-to-back 90-point seasons. You know, he's a big guy, 6'2", uh, probably close to 200 pounds now, maybe a little bit over. Now, I, I know it's only a few young stars, term, but what's been your first impressions of him and kind of, you know, what you're expecting that he can help you out in Bakersfield this year? Uh, he's got a fantastic release. Uh, it's hard. Um, it's dynamic. He, he sees the ice really well, meaning he can make uh, really quick passes and, and through and find seams and, and those sorts of areas. Um, as far as uh, uh, his compete game and his and his and his blue collar game, uh, those are some areas that he just needs to continue to refine his consistency in those areas. We've seen him do it; he can do it, uh, but at the junior level. Um, at times, maybe the shot and the vision and the skill uh, and the size and the reach, it can be uh, you can you're you're able to still produce at a at a high level and be impactful. Um, I, I think he was better this year in Penticton than he was last year, and he's okay. more mindful of that. So just that that compete, staying on pucks, being hard on pucks, using his big frame a little bit better, and then also growing his defensive game for all young pros, all offensive players. Uh, um, that's always challenging for them in the beginning. And uh, what can you tell us uh, your expectations for uh, one of the new D-men, uh, Noel Hoffenmeyer? 
Oh, it's very interesting. Um, you know, somebody that um, uh, has been in the ECHL and became a regular in the American Hockey League, had a great OHL career, uh, you know, had a, had a uh, somewhat of a coming out season last year in the All-Star. Um, so, you know, we're, we're expecting him to provide some offense. We're expecting him uh, to defend. We're expecting him to be in our top six, um, you know, but this is what training camp's for. For uh, uh, for us to watch and see uh, that he can uh, live up to his own expectations, uh, but uh, we're 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 excited uh, for him to be an Oiler, and uh, you know we'll we'll wait to see what kind of camp and what kind of exhibition season he has. But he definitely has lots of offense, and lots of puck moving, and lots of defending ability, and uh, we'll be excited to see exactly where and how much he uh, is in the mix. Colin Chalk joins us, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Colin, one last one. The players always talk about, i got to get bigger, i got to get faster, I want to be stronger. Maybe they work on a certain thing. They, they want to tip pucks if they're a forward defenseman. Maybe want to pick up pucks off the boards better. As a coach, what are things like, is it, I want to be a better communicator? Like, what, what do you do as a coach in the offseason to try to become better? Well, you're always trying to find um, little little adjustments or little tweaks that uh, that can be fresh for your players, um, but they're more layered instead of um, starting from scratch. So, um, you know, that's uh, one of the things that uh, that I do. And then also just re- reminding yourself that uh, you're in the American Hockey League, and you have to do two things: you have to develop, and you have to create a, a winning environment through competing against each other. And, um, you know, we, we do those things from different coaches' conferences through um, through sharing and speaking with other, other coaches, other professional coaches, with our own coaches, within our own organization, and then making sure that um, you're, you're building a level of accountability, but then also rewarding when players uh, have that accountability and, and, are, and, are, and are performing well, whether in practice or in game, to make sure that uh, you have that internal push from within your team and in your organization. Colin, really appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the season. Enjoy camp. And, and then, of course, uh, your own camp down in Bakersfield that, that starts uh, later this month. And we'll uh, talk to you throughout the year. Appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Jason. Appreciate it. There you go. That is Colin Chalk, the uh, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, of course, was running the bench at the uh, Young Stars Tournament in Penticton. Really good breakdown on Lavoie and Savoy, Petrov, Tulio. Can't get to all the players uh, every time, of course. But uh, I really like Colin. I think it gives a really good assessment of players and what are their strengths, what are they looking to work on. And, you know, another guy who's young that we didn't get to that we'll probably talk about later, of course, is... uh, Max Warner, the young defenseman for Moose Jaw, most likely, I would guess, also uh, going to turn pro this year. He's 20 years of age. He does have the option to go back as an overager. Some teams don't like to do it. And, you, know, you, you look at his size and what he's accomplished, I could see why they might say, hey, let's let's move you to the next level and give yourself a little bit of a test. The uh, the blue line, they'll have, they got a good mix of veterans down there. They've got, you know, Hoffenmeyer, uh, Cam Deneen, uh Ben Gleason. Like, those guys are... Good veteran HL defensive. Marcus Niemelainen most likely is going to be uh, starting down there, right? And then, then you fill out, you know, Warner, uh, you know, Phil Kemp's another guy. So I think they're kind of like Edmonton in the sense, though they have a few smaller guys, but they definitely got a few big trees down there 
as well. And I, I would think that you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, Honor starting on the third pair to start the season in Bakersfield. That was the AHL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Now, when we return, training camp begins with medicals tomorrow, then on ice on Thursday. First preseason game is Saturday. For all of you who love fantasy hockey, we're going to talk to one of the best fantasy hockey guys around next on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We are coming to you live from the Ewell Studio, E-W-E-L. For all your electrical needs, E-W-E-L. Welcome back. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. Greger Show, as always, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where you can get in the game and it doesn't matter. You know what? Maybe you want to play single game betting. They've got the boosts now. So if you're looking for some unique little uh, odd games to play, and usually there's like a max 10 bucks or or 20 on those. Also tonight, Lotto Max, 15 million. Whew. Nice little change of pace for you, wouldn't it? I've always said, like, what would you do if you won that significant amount of money? I think I'd want to keep it quiet for a bit. Get all my ducks in a row. Talk to accountants. You know, look at different things like that. And then be like, okay. Now, you know, and then probably try to just keep it to your inner circle anyway. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Just would be my thoughts. Now, coming up, uh, Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff will join us. We'll give you a little uh, fantasy hockey preview. Brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, one hundred percent locally owned and operated. Proud to be part of the MyShack Group of companies. It's NextGenTransportation.com. As we welcome in from Daily Faceoff, Stephen Ellis, a guy, man, this guy, trust me, he studies a lot of the prospects and he's big into fantasy. Uh, Steve, how you doing, my man? I'm good. Now I kind of want to win the lottery. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? Eh? Just uh, I'd be relax. buying a, I'd be buying a NASCAR team. I'd go racing with it. Yeah, I'd you're a, a huge time. racing fan. Huge racing yeah. fan. Eh? Yeah, I go, I go to all the Canadian NASCAR races in the Pinty Series. So I'm, I'm at a lot of racetracks. 
Now, our buddy Colin Livingston, have you ever met him? I'll have to introduce you guys. I, I've, I've kind of walked by him. I know he's he works with Alex Tagliani, one of the biggest guys in, in racing. So uh, I've seen him around. Okay, well, I have to introduce you. He's a, he's a regular on our show, and so uh, he, uh, you could give him some insight in hockey, that's for sure. He could he can talk <laughs> a lot of racing with you. Hockey, meh, maybe not so much. Now, uh, I know it's early, but I want to get, as somebody who plays a lot of fantasy, we, we've had this question, and to be honest, I don't play fantasy hockey, not because I don't like it, because it's, it's more time-consuming to me, and I'll probably just lazy. But, you know, I'll, I'll play maybe on the fringes, little ones like a Survivor League or something like that. But when you're playing actual fantasy point totals and stuff, is there one format that you found is the most fun to play? I'm basic. I kind of just like head-to-head just points in different categories and things like that. And, and, and it's kind of stupid because the main league I care about the most, and uh, I get a lot of people comment laughing at it, is it's a four-team league that I'm in. But it's so competitive because it's like you look at every single team, and it's like, oh, my God, these teams are stacked. Um, but then you play in these bigger leagues, and you're just trying to find those hidden gems. But I just like as many points as humanly possible, just as basic as it gets. Okay. So are you doing, like, block shots and everything like that? No, but I did do. I used to be in a fantasy league where we counted um, hits and fights and, and penalty minutes and stuff like that. And I picked uh, this. I don't remember what year this was, but I picked when Crosby and Ovechkin, you know, were in their prime, they're looking best. I picked Jody Shelley first overall because I knew that he would hit, get like 300 penalty minutes. And it turned out to be the year he had the fewest amount of penalty minutes like, in his entire career. <laughs> Jody Shelley first overall. Oh, it's ballsy, Ellis. It's ballsy. But uh, the, that's I get a, creative. <laughs> it's a big, that's a big matzo ball when it doesn't happen, though. Yeah, well, I've, I was in one hockey pool because I like putting um, salary caps in it. But, like, it's hard to get a proper salary cap. I was in a league once. It was falling the real-life salary cap. I want to say 09. It's like it wasn't a high cap. But, like, Jerome McGinla and Evgeny Malkin were yes. picked. And you're getting these, like, random goons out there instead just because you needed to fill out the roster. <laughs> so you look at uh, players this year. There's, you know, we got some questions about like, how do you how do you view and, and it's we're talking strictly fantasy here because guys can have higher fantasy values and they necessarily have value for your team depending on if if your wins or losses. I think that's a fact. So you, you have to. It's not always hey I like this player in fantasy. That doesn't mean you're like oh I think this guy's an elite player on the ice. He's just a really good fantasy player. Right. Who are who are some of those guys that are really good fantasy players that maybe, uh, you know, outkick their coverage as far as their actual contributions to wins and losses on the ice? See, that's a good one, because, you know, when you look at it, it, a guy like like goalies are are probably one of the hardest positions to pick in this because you look at it and a guy could get, uh, you know, John John Gibson was probably one of the best fantasy goalies last year. And you look at him in, in the NHL and he didn't have many wins, but he faced a lot of shots. And that's very important in a lot of cases for goalies. Um, but you, you always try to look for when you're looking for guys that could be like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. I think the best answer truly is just kind of goalies, uh, you know, like Ilya Sorokin is going to be uh, if you, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to give a better answer than that. Kind of just goalies. Yeah, general. well, Saros, they faced yeah. a tons of shots in Nashville, yeah. and he won a fair amount. So I could see why he would have uh, value. So is it difficult, like, breakout seasons, right? Like, we look at rookies, and, you know, it wouldn't be a risk for uh, or a big stretch for someone to say, hey, I think Connor Bedard is going to get 80 points, right? Like, that's not a bold uh, statement. It's trying to find those players that you think are ready, and when you track them, okay, two, three – four years in the league. Like nobody saw Tage Thompson coming. That's probably a little bit of a 
a reach to jump to, to the level that he did at 37 goals and then to, to 47. But are, are there players that you've tracked that you think, okay, this is the year that, you know what, I, uh, I might take him a little bit earlier because I really think they're going to pop. I am still holding hope that Alexis Lafreniere can finally pull through here on uh, the New York Rangers because, you know, you don't put up all those points in junior by accident. And, yeah, things didn't really work out those first couple of years. But I think this is kind of – they've put the pressure on them now. you got to start performing. Him and Capo Caco are two guys where every year it's because this year – I just feel like this is the time now. The Rangers are in a good spot. You know, they're not, these guys aren't going to be trying to shoot, get shoehorn up to the top line or the second line. They're going to find their roles, but they're still going to be valuable players. They're both, if you take the responsibility from both of them away, I still think they got uh, a lot of value. Um, another one, this, this might seem kind of crazy, but now that, we know with Tarasenko going to Ottawa, I think it's one that it might be underrated because, you know, when he signed there, it wasn't a ton of fanfare. Yeah. But, you know, he should be able to get 30 goals. If he's healthy, he's still a very valuable player. And, uh, you know, you look at guys who've been injured a lot the last couple of years and there's a big, you know, red flag around Mark Stone. Like, is he, like, when he's healthy, we know how good he is, but it's so hard for him to stay healthy. Um, so that's another guy to keep an eye out. Uh, but Dylan Cousins, I, I really believe in, in his play last year. I think that he's ready for a, huge season in Buffalo with Tage Thompson. I went back and looked at my scouting reports when he was uh, in his draft year. And I, I was a believer, not to the level we're seeing him now, but I was expecting a guy who could put up 35, 40 goals a year, maybe 70, 75 points. And we're starting to see that star power way above at any level. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Dylan Cousins is not far away from there. Buffalo's in a good spot. I like where this team's going uh, in the future. A guy like Dylan Cousins could be a big, valuable player, both fantasy and in real life. Stephen Ellis joins us from Daily Faceoff, talking a little uh, fantasy hockey. And and one player that if you like Cousins and you like Thompson, very quietly, Jeff Skinner's put up 68 goals the last two years, right? Like, I know if I look at his cap hit, it's like, meh. But when you just look at his production, he's quietly being really good. Yeah, this was a guy that every year you look at him and say he's going to have one great year and one terrible year, but he's getting the good years back-to-back now, which is good to see. And uh, I've I've loved Jeff Skinner's game for a long time. He seems to be very happy in Buffalo for a guy who's never played in the playoffs, but it looks like something's finally going to happen with this group here. And, uh, you know, you got to wonder how many good years you got left of Skinner. Um, it feels like he's like 45 years old at the point, <laughs> given how long he's been in the league. But, uh, you know, the young guys are coming and they're pushing for roster spots. And I think that Skinner's got a couple good years left. He's, he's the huge part of this team's rebuild. Um, I, I continue to bet high on him. When you look at Bedard and most people are expecting him to produce, are you expecting then Taylor Hall to have a big uptick in offense? For sure. And one other guy to keep an eye out there in Chicago might be Taylor Radish, a guy that has, you know, he played with McDavid before. He's got it back in junior. He knows how to play with quality players. Didn't seem to really work out team to team, but now he's got this opportunity where someone's got to play on that right side. And, you know, if we know that what, we, we, if, if you've got Taylor Hall and you've got Connor Bedard, your linemates, you are bound to score. So someone's got to play there. I think it could be him. We, he's got some speed. He's got some talent. Um, but with, with, you, you kind of expected big things out of Hall when he went to Boston, but with Boston, he didn't need to be this big name guy. Now you go in here to Chicago. He's a mentor here in a way that very few players in the league can be a mentor as a first overall pick. And he's going to be that for Bedard. I think they're going to click, you know, no pressure to perform. Just go out there and play. I think that taking that pressure away could go a long way, kind of like when he was playing in the Devils for a little bit. So uh, I think I like kind of what his projection is going to be like. Bunting is gone in Toronto. He's moved on. They bring in Domi. They bring in Bertuzzi. Uh, you know, they had Nyes last year. He's a young player. Which one of those three 
do you like best to give you the most value in fantasy this year? I think, you know, right now I'd be looking at Bertuzzi. He's a guy who, like, we know all three of them could throw hits. I think that Bertuzzi's just kind of got that edge. We know he could play at a higher level. Um, down in, deep in my heart, I want to see uh, Marner and Domi together because they used to play together in London Knights and they were so good together. But I think Bertuzzi's just going to be able to fit there. He's just a more impactful player. I think with Matt Nyes, and we saw him kind of just have a so-so prospect tournament uh, in Traverse City. I think with Nyes, you're, you're going to want to ease him in. And it's their expectations are so high. People are like, oh, he's such a great player. Realistically, like we're looking at a guy who's probably going to play third line next this, this coming year, and that's where he should be and get him accumulated to to what's next. Um, I do like Bertuzzi. Just kind of feel like he's just the overall better player and a guy that could fit there. What about what do you make of you know Tampa Bay and Carolina? Like Carolina, everybody loves their defense. Obviously, there's Vasilevsky in, in, in Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay's got they got the you know the big three in Stamkos and Kucherov and Point, but they they've lost a lot of guys over the last few years. Kind of really good support second line type of players. Kalorn, the most recent one. Um, you know, what do you mean? Is there anybody in Tampa, you know, outside of the obvious three and not, not Sorelli that you think, hey, this guy might actually take a be a pretty good fantasy guy? It's funny you say that because I was a big defender of when they made the trade for Tanner Janot because I remember watching him a lot in Nashville and thinking, like, this guy can play. He's got something there. And uh, obviously it didn't really work out last year either in Nashville or Tampa. But you've got the new contract, I think, a fresh start. It's never really easy when you talk to players that get traded yes. to a contending team to then just immediately play a big part. And that's why often you see guys that are these high-value trade targets that don't pan out right away. I think now you get a whole season. You've got this. He had this summer to kind of relax, um, and, and he's in a spot where they can they could definitely contend for a win. He's someone where he could be maybe the next Brandon Hagel, a guy who was a bit deeper in the lineup somewhere else, and, and ends up being a, a shining star. And Janot could hit, he could fight, he could score, he could do all that. We saw what he was able to do as a rookie two years ago in Nashville. I wouldn't be surprised if he could come close to that again. Steve Ellis joins us from DailyFaceOff.com. Uh, what's your expectations, Connor Brown? In Edmonton, right? Like he's got a career high of 21 goals and, and 43 points. And people are like, well, if he plays all year in the top six with dry subtle McDavid, you know, you'd think he should be able to produce, right? In theory. But, you know, people will say, well, wait a sec, Pliarvi and Yamamoto and a few other guys that were never able to produce there a lot as well. What do you make of Brown, you know, coming off an injury? It's really only the first major injury of his careers. First five full seasons in NHL, he didn't miss a game. So uh, I'm not really worried about injury, but what, what's your expectations of Connor Brown in Edmonton? He's never blown away anybody offensively, but you know, you look what he did in Ottawa, you look what he did in Toronto, and there was some real upside there where a lot of times he was having to create like those early days in Toronto where he was like almost a point per game guy as a rookie was quite a thing when I think it was like six points in seven games and he just went on this hot start and you could show to see that he could play with just about anyone, but in those early days in Toronto, he wasn't playing with a lot of great talent. I think, you know, what he showed in Ottawa and that, that last full season he got to play uh, before COVID where he was, you know, at a 50 point pace if he played the played 82 games. So I think, you know, 50 points is, is reasonable. This is a real bet on me moment here. And okay. obviously we know he's got the connection there with McDavid, but I, I like, I like his, his odds there. Yeah. It's uh, um, he's pretty good. So uh, Steve, always good to talk to you, man. We appreciate it. Uh, we will have you on uh, throughout the year talking uh, a little fantasy and maybe we'll mix in a little uh, racing with you as well. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks so much. That's uh, Stephen Ellis from DailyFaceOff.com. Huge race guy. And I'll tell you, um, 
I would put Ellis, his evaluation, you go and you read his draft stuff. Like he go, and he's, he watches a ton of games at every level. That guy was funny. We had, I had dinner with Steve at the draft last year. And I just was asking about that. And he knew so many players that I never even heard of young guys in all these different leagues. He really puts in the time. Cause if you're going to be a good scout and you, and you want to be a good, I think draft analyst, you got to watch a lot of games. And uh, he definitely does that. So uh, if you uh, likes fantasy, obviously knows a lot of the young players really well. So uh, check him out at dailyfaceoff.com. That was the fantasy report brought to you by next gen transportation. Now, uh, when we return, Sean Brown in studio will uh, join us. After the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specialized in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 